0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I am recording me too. Um Dan, you made a great audition tape this morning.
1: I don't know I'm what I'm telling you're talking you. About. It was re- it was so good. I just I just it have Joe so Reed as a hype man. Anyway, yeah, I'm your we'll hype talk man. about this in I'm a your- second. Let's please pause. This okay. week we're going right. to talk about the uh, new open access policy for Actors' Equity Association. You've probably heard people talking about it on the internet. I'm getting text messages from people saying, what the hell is going on? Uh, Matt, our social media expert, has a bunch of questions. We were going to have him on the show today, but he wasn't, he's not around. So he sent us a bunch of questions as a non-union actor trying to figure out what the hell is going on. We're trying to figure out what the hell is going on no one seems yep. to know what the hell is going on, so we're going to talk about it because we know your favorite thing is to hear uninformed opinions from two guys who <laughs> like musicals.
0: So an actor is saying his lines yeah. and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. The
1: hills are alive with the sound of Jimmy.
0: Don't cry for me. So, you know, Dan and I spend almost every waking moment of every day together anyway. But this morning, uh, I got to read for Dan for an audition tape, and you were really freaking good, buddy. It was really fun. You had to drown. Oh,
1: man. That how stressful. do you drown?
0: How do you, how do you, when you have to do a self tape in your apartment? For something that you really want and the script says that you have to drown on like uh, you know which happens in water um how do you do that how do you do that in your living room or in your office in front of a blue backdrop with your iphone recording you how do well, you Well, there that?
1: is definitely no right answer right but you helped me because you said look at the water rising so yeah. You look at the water rising, yeah. and then I rose with the water as the water was rising. Kind of went up to the top of the frame, and then like sucked my last breath of air before it was. It worked. I almost you, passed and out. You I almost passed you out from hyperventilating. You foot.
0: absolutely <laughs> went for it, and then I, you know, because because we're obviously not together, right? So I'm reading for you over over Facetime, right? And so you get done. And then you you buckled over, like you keeled <laughs> over for at the end. And I was like, I think he's dead. I was like, did Oh you, shit! Did he just die? <laughs> did he just pass out? Because he was pretending to he was pretending to pass out, and then he
1: in fact passed out. Yeah, um, I had but, to, but it was really fun man. I had to grab the really knees and kind of hold myself yeah yeah and i and i sucks i heard and i was, was heard really i fun. was in the mix for another job so it's been a good week let's go that's a good that's a really good, a week. good week that was a victory uh matt a helped victory. me with that audition and it's for like a major sci-fi movie that films in a, another country love and, it and uh,
0: and you know that when you told me that the first thing that i said to you was well i know exactly which seat on which airline <laughs> you're going to be flying <laughs> to the other country if you book this movie, because
1: as I'm obsessed with cameras, visuals, lighting, uh, equipment, gear, Joe is that obsessed with planes and travel? Yeah, with airplanes <laughs> and, and travel, and, hotels. and points
0: and hotels. And so you were like, this movie films uh, in Asia, and I was like, yep. And I know that you're going to be on the, uh, you know, the particular, you know, Qantas, fucking well, Emirates, to be first class, you know.
1: We're talking about union protections. I learned that if let's go, this is excellent. If you have to travel more than three hours, they have to fly you first class. Yes, they do. I was flown to Toronto. Joe was flown to Toronto, and I was bummed because Toronto is only an hour and a half away, so you didn't get to fly first class. It was still, it's still cool to you know. When you start flying for work, it's like, it's the main thing. I'm like, super fancy. Going through the Toronto airport, like getting (laughs) off my Escalade, like, you know, that they like order you or whatever to like, that's really fancy. This is nice. This is texting my agents, like, I need more of this. Like, cool. (laughs) Why are we doing Broadway? I don't.
0: I know, we love I know, I know. We love musicals, um, but I, my, I had a meeting with my manager and my agent like a year ago. This was before the pandemic, and they were like, "What is your goal? Give me, give me a, some career goals. You know, mm-hmm. something we can strive towards." Mm-hmm. And I said, "I want to fly in a first class seat for work." <laughs> that was my career goal. <laughs> they were like, "Well, I mean, do you want to do like a?" And I was like, "No, I don't care about what the project is. I just want to do something." far away so that i have to fly in one of those seats that turns into a bed you
1: and, are a joke i know <laughs> i know so your and, real goal uh, actually is uh, to uh, like do a show in la or in vancouver exactly or i don't in, yeah in yeah. europe i guess in europe or or in Asia i saw that I, the you know the current season of uh, umbrella academy that uh, emmy raver is on is filming yep. like in friend of the pod Barcelona, or like, oh really? Because they like filmed in Spain. Toronto. They did film in Toronto. She was in Toronto for the, last for season. Yeah, year. but I saw breakdowns coming out for it, and I think it's in it's in Europe, which is that's cool. so cool. That's Must so cool. Must be doing some time traveling.
0: Yeah. Anyway, well, should we
1: talk about? Uh, okay. The, so
0: I'm actually really excited about this because we haven't had an episode for a while where like you and I just get to talk about something that's that's happening in the industry. Where we get some to amazing have guests on opinions about. Can uninformed? we talk up for a second <laughs> about Norbert Leo Butts? Was it not?
1: I think it may have been the best episode that we've that we've ever had. Well, I think that if we could go back to some of our older episodes, being better interviewers would mm-hmm. help too. Like I think yeah. we've had some very special interviews on this show. Yeah. But just, weren't quite as poised at how to have a fucking conversation. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You know, yeah, for yeah. F- for the purposes of an audience. And uh Plus, also mm. like just an awesome guy. Um,
0: I just can't believe how generous he was
1: with yeah, his time and with his, his time own, and with his ideas and
0: yeah, and everything that he said. It was so inspiring. Um, and I, th- I, I really needed to hear it. And so, if anybody hasn't heard it yet, go back and listen to last week's episode because my God, it was just. To like, be
1: honest with you, actually, I think that a lot of like I've the tapes I've done this week mm-hmm. have been inspired by that interview
0: that's awesome you know what that's i mean awesome. like i feel yeah. like yeah
1: i i needed that to to like keep pushing through and like remind ourselves what the hell yeah. this is actually about yeah um totally so let's talk let's about let's talk uh, about this actors equity open access plan so so i'm gonna read some yeah, stuff for a second so just so that we have all of the information that's available um Actors' Equity has made a decision to expand eligibility for membership in an effort to uh, increase diversity and inclusion, according to uh, their statements, right? They're expanding eligibility to include any actor or stage manager who has, quote, worked professionally in the United States, meaning anyone who has made any money as an actor or a stage manager. Under the new policy, effective immediately, membership will no longer be limited to any of the old restraints. I think there were something like a certain number of uh, weeks you had to work, or a certain dollar amount of money you had to make. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, it was weeks.
0: It was weeks. It was weeks. Work. There was the Equity Membership Candidate Program, program. The EMC program, that right. was the sort of longest way that somebody could go through earning eligibility for the union. It was something right. like fifty, fifty-one, fifty-two we no, no 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 twenty weeks. It was like twenty weeks. Yeah. I yeah. think it was something like that. Yeah. Um, like a half. Year. And yeah. It was like twenty weeks of work. If you work twenty weeks in an equity house, then as a non union person, then you are eligible to join the union. And otherwise you could just be given your equity card. Um, by doing a union, a big union show, doing by a tour, doing a Broadway a, show. Yes, right. By um, being offered a union yeah. contract,
1: which could happen to anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as kind of going about getting your membership yourself, uh, it was a little bit more challenging. And now uh, Kate Schindle has said in a statement that the old system had a significant flaw. It made the employers the gatekeepers of union membership. And that, because those employers were often disproportionately white, that the way that the union was organized could have inadvertently contributed to a systemic exclusion of BIPOC artists. We hope, she said, that artists from all backgrounds will join the union and, and this will help open that up now
0: Mm -hmm. one thing that i just want to i want to mention briefly and we talked about it on the show but we haven't talked about it in a long time this difference between you know being equity and non-equity when you join the union um if you join the union what the different markets look like for professional actors so you know our union is just like any union it's collective bargaining it's it's you know workplace protections it's all of these things but one of the things that's very interesting about i think Theatrical work is the different markets where where people can can work, right? I mean, New York is obviously the the, the sort of mothership, but Chicago, San Diego, Seattle—different places where actually there are there's not a lot of union work. Right. So the choice to stay non union in a lot of these smaller markets is a crucial decision that actors make, you know, to be able to sustain uh, in some of these, you know, smaller markets. So w- this has a lot of ramifications and, and it's a lot of wait and see, right? Like we don't right. know what this is going to do. But basically, giving everyone who's ever worked in the theater professionally, anyone who's ever been paid, giving them access to union membership. Is kind of the debate now, like what do we think? What do we think is going to happen? And so that's one of the things that we want to talk about today. Um, is right. just like questions from people, comments from people, um, and one of the ones that I wanted to start with. Do you, you do you have some there pulled up? I do, yeah. Because um, one that I wanted I wanted to just highlight um, was uh, uh, from a friend of friend of ours who we went to college with who posts on Facebook, and I'm I'm just gonna the the last part of what she said was. Um, The absolute hell that I went through in my 20s to become a member of the union took such a toll on me emotionally, financially, and physically that it's honestly a miracle that I kept trying, and I'm relieved that this very dysfunctional aspect of the system is changing, Hmm. and that is something that I think, for those of us like, Dan, you you got your card working at a theater, I got my card working at a theater, and we have to acknowledge our privilege because in regional houses and across the country, all of these shows were written for and usually by guys who look exactly like us. There's always roles for, for, right. cis, for cis white men and all of these regional sh- I mean, you know, give me your umpteenth production of South Pacific, okay? Um, th- this person who posted that on Facebook is, is an actor of color who just, had, like she said, had to claw... Right, contract after contract after contract, trying to work after graduating from college with debt and responsibilities and all of the other things to try to get your union card so that you can even be, so that you can go to the auditions for the Broadway shows. So you can go to the auditions for these national tours where you can actually make a a living wage. And so to me, that is like the biggest part of this that I think is going to be a good thing. Like you don't, the clawing, and scraping and figuring out how you're going to get into the union to then be able to work at a certain level to be able to pay your bills, which is already impossible in our industry anyway. I think removing that is gonna be a huge I think it's gonna be really great. I think.
1: Um, I think that's I, I don't think that's know, totally but, like a you know, positive look and That's a positive I think look. that's a positive, that's look. A positive look. look. That's like one side I think of the, the paradox yeah. here is that you're yeah. gonna have more it's a supply and demand issue because you're going to have more jobs or you're going to have the same amount of jobs and more people available for the jobs. Because they're, the, really the issue with union and non-union is that the union would like to create more union opportunities. We would like to have more union jobs. And so I think, this is obviously my own opinion, that the the kind of true motivation for something like this would be if we can get as many people as possible into the union and remove that barrier and more people join the union, then maybe there won't be as much talent that's non-union and therefore producers won't have the option to do so, right? Taking a first national tour- To have there be, non, to have there be non-equity exactly and, to, and non-equity and, and, and shows, yeah. And, and obviously that doesn't work in regional markets, like you said- A lot of these theaters don't have the ability to pay for the union contracts. And so then what? That's one of my big questions is like, so then what's the union going to do about these regional theaters that can only afford four contracts because they can't post the health insurance bond? So there's still only going to be four contracts? But what about all those? What Dan's referring yeah. to is just that usually, like if there's a show, like let's take South
0: Pacific for example. If you're doing that at a regional theater in a smaller market, there may be the the theater may be able to afford three, four, five equity contracts. So the principals, you know, your Nellies and your your cables and you know, whatever, are are going to be equity members, and everybody else is going to be non union. That's how a ton of us got our starts. You know, you go to a regional theater and the the leads have come in from New York or from Chicago. They've been on Broadway, whatever. And everybody else is non-union and theaters can afford that. But now if there's no non-union talent and every single person in the, in the cast has to be union. And like Dan said, the theaters can't afford to pay for those, for those, for the health insurance bond. You know, there's a huge bond that is paid to the union every time that they have a union contract. Like, will regional theaters close? Will, will like, what are the ramifications there? Right.
1: Right. And the, the question of when is the right time for you to join the union is still at the heart of all of this, because I think that, you know, uh, just to speak from personal experience, I didn't get cast in union summer theaters and was really bummed that I had that, um, in my way or, or I didn't have that privilege that some of my other classmates did. But if that hadn't happened, I never would have gotten American Idiot. And American Idiot, you could draw a straight line between everything I've ever done and American Idiot in most cases. So like It really did pave the way for me to, to be where I am now. And it was a non-union contract. Matt is the same way. Our social media intern just did right. the non-union bandstand tour. He's still non-union. And for him, you know, like non-union work can be a great way to build your resume because there's that uh, barrier of entry that the union members Mm -hmm. suddenly can't take these roles. So here's an opportunity for someone who uh, may have gotten left out. It's it's a super complicated idea. It's super complicated. And that's why I think a lot of people Um, on social media are pulling on like the, this is a money grab This is an opportunity for you to grow your membership and collect, you know, another thousand dollars per head for initiation fees. And I mean, that's not totally untrue. And it's not it's also not a bad thing to try and grow the membership and try and weed out how much non-union work there is and try and create more union work. But the money still has to come from somewhere. So it's a really complicated idea.
0: Yeah, and I, I I, don't know, I'm certainly, you know, because Dan, Dan and I are experts, um, I'm certainly not an expert on, you know, collective bargaining and unions in any s- sense of the word, even though I'm a member of like four of them now, with, you know, <laughs> between the musicians union and SAG-AFTRA and Actors' Equity, where, to me, more collective bargaining is good. More people, actor, the actors' unions in general are weak. Right. We don't have a lot of. There's not a lot to to stand on, and the other unions don't back us up. Lo, the local ones and IATSEs and and you know which which are the unions for for the the crew, mm-hmm. like Teamsters and stuff like that. Um, that if <laughs> it feels kind of isolating when you like go up to bat against a, a big powerful producer, and you know there was a, a, a producer, you know producers who r- remain nameless who was like who said at a at a meeting with the producers league around the time that they were trying to up the minimums that that actors equity was trying to up the broadway production mm-hmm. minimum where this producer screamed at the top of his lungs like actors are buying homes I just and he was so he was so like you know just you know how disgusting that that an actor on a on a chorus contract could afford to buy a home i mean that's kind of how we're treated and how we continue to be treated by these people who just view us as, as dollar signs. And so (laughs) for me, it's like more of that, more people coming together and demanding a living wage and demanding better health insurance is only, it it only, it can only help. Um, we don't have on stage SAG-AFTRA is a fairly strong union in my opinion, mainly because of its, uh, it, the movie stars, because of the people. I mean, you know, you, you Leonardo have... Leonardo DiCaprio you have, is on the same contract. Yeah, and, it, it, exactly. Yeah. His dues, his 2%, 3% of his hundreds of millions right. are going to you know, pay the salary of the lawyer who's going to, to bat for me mm-hmm. and Dan in collective bargaining. Right. And not only that, and I'm 99% sure that this is true, but I want to just double check it, that... That sag after covers all broadcast journalisms to, uh, journalism, journalism as well. So, Lester Holt's contract mm. is also helping pay the salary of the lawyer who's going to fight mm. for me. Actors Equity doesn't have that. Right. Even Hugh Jackman, you know, or Bette Midler making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, that is not going to make a huge difference, mm-hmm. in my opinion. When a big, bad lawyer from the Producers League says to a moderately big, bad lawyer from, the, from Actors' Equity that, like, no, you cannot have a 3% increase, you know, on, on the minimum contract on Broadway because of inflation or whatever, whatever it, whatever it mm-hmm. ends up being, that it's, it's spooky. So now if, if, if there's just more membership, if there's more people and everybody's coming to the table... I just don't see how it's a bad thing. But that being said, there is something to diluting membership, which is more people and same amount of jobs, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So I think it's, it's too early to tell, but I do think, I feel like it's going to be a good thing. I feel like it's going to only strengthen our ranks.
1: Yeah. I, I just think like, it's also for anyone listening who is not union and, and, and negotiating that part of their career, I think, the question of when you join still is very important. Just because you can join doesn't mean you should. Um, And based on the work that's currently available, because you will put yourself, like you kind of need a resume to stand on before you say, okay, now I'm making this step into the union. Um, Right. Or else you risk, you know, basically not working, which happened to some people that we went to school with who had a bunch totally. of roles in school and they took their card immediately and then when they graduated, they couldn't get any jobs. Right. right. And that's a multifaceted issue, but I, right. I bet that some of those people would have had more jobs if they were non-union.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. I do think that, I think that it's, it, like you said, the, the the other side of the coin is that people are saying that it's a money grab mm-hmm. disguised as... You know, a diversity, equity, well, and inclusion. Well, that's the part where, like, that—that that is so like
1: real dicey. I, I yes. am actually so, surprised that that language was included because that's yeah. like that's positioning yourself as like a white savior. I just, I, well, yikes. and yikes is true. I will
0: say that it is it is true. This is tricky. Yeah, because it is true. It is true that like the barrier to entry is is steeped in white supremacy right. and and is steeped in 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 the idea that you have to go work in a show that was written by white people right for white people
1: and cast by white people th-
0: Cast by white people, produced your by white people, funded by white by people. people right. You're you know that all of that is there, and you have to go into their houses and do their shows to get enough weeks to join a union that is run by and 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 for uh, for white people. I, 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 that's true. It it is it is hundred percent true. And so then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, some theater, you know, the Muni is going to do dream girls once every five years. And, and now, you know, actors of color are, are going to, how do you join a union? Right. How do you, how do you gain access right. to that? So that's true. But in the same way, it's like, don't, don't do the white savior thing. Don't say right. that, you know what I'm saying? Just, just say that you're doing it. Just say that you're, you're, we're, we're open access. Here, here are some problems that, that we realize. That we're trying to solve, as opposed to
1: like, I don't know. They could have it used language very, which yeah. positioned themselves as without specifically creating the narrative yeah. that they're saviors. Yeah. They could have used similar yeah. language to communicate the idea that like the barrier for entry was a challenge for you know underrepresented exactly. position people or something. Which yeah 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 maybe still would. Cause you know, this is all just like headlines getting pulled too, like the deadline headline right. is like making access, bit more available for BIPOC individuals. It's like, that's not totally what they said either, but they right. kind of said that. So let's talk about right. some of Matt's questions yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. We're <laughs> getting long. Classic us. <laughs> Classic. Classic. We were going to keep this a tight 30 and we're already at 30. So uh, here we are. So Matt's first question was as a union member, as an equity actor, the union provides protections and benefits. What are some of those benefits and protections that you have year-round on an equity contract? Um,
0: it's an interesting question because it's, it's contract by contract. Like, There's not very much that you are given or that you have when you are not working as an equity member. At least it feels that way.
1: Well, like, the, you, you, I think one, one of the yeah. big ones is the kind of open access to auditions. So right, there are right, these open right. auditions that happen that are required for almost all con- all contracts that are union contracts that require the casting director have auditions, which is an opportunity for some people to get seen that might not have been seen. Great example is Joe Carroll being in Romeo and Juliet. He went to the open audition of that, and then he had to earn the job after that. But I've definitely gotten myself in front of some casting directors who I may not have seen as often because I was union I got to get in front of them, so that's one. And then the other yeah. would just be kind of the general, um, like y- them looking out for you if anything happens, if you have an issue, if you have conflicts, uh, if something happens at an audition, you know, just kind of the general, uh, basically yeah. like an actor's HR department.
0: Well, yeah, kind if of. you need I to. guess I would A say that. Yeah, yeah, used and
1: that I've never used that, but it's available to us. Yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah um and then and then, I think the big one is is and maybe he has this question down the down the road but um but access to health insurance right. is is huge, and there there you know there's a lot of debate in the union about that i mean you you now you have to work a certain amount of weeks right the the weeks worked. Then, um, I forget the exact number right now, but I think it's like 20 or 21 for a year's worth of coverage. It's 11 for six months of coverage, um, which was huge during the pandemic because guess how much theater was happening during the pandemic and how many equity contracts there were. So all of us lost our health insurance. And, um, so that's one of the things where I say, like, you know, I grumble about it, but it's like not very much because it's like, well, actually, if you don't, they they support you when you're working. Right. And that's kind of hard, right. you know, like like it's you know, when you're when you're not working, the auditions are huge, you're 100% right. right. People deaf that that's that's a big right. one. Um and the health insurance is hard. And and that, there's um, the potential
1: for that that and I think the next question is the, is about this um with the open access plan allowing a large number of people to join the union, how will these open auditions, which are called EPAs or ECCs be affected? an EPA is an equity principal audition and an ECC is an equity chorus call. How will those things be affected? I feel like overcrowding is already an issue and this feels like it'll only make it worse. Yes, that is true. A lot of the uh, lines for these auditions are down the street and around the corner, especially the ECCs, because for EPAs, they set up a system, uh, a digital system a few years ago where you could sign up beforehand and they've been known to sell out in 10 minutes. So it's right. something like a week before the call is about to happen they release the positions that you could sign up and you sign up and you know they sell out and in
0: yeah 10 minutes we'll talk about something, one of the page, you know one of the controversies with that was how ageist is right. that policy because sure. now like i mean if you're if you're a if you're grew up in the in the era of pre-computers yep. you know and you're like wait a minute now i have to now i have to go on and you know we we can figure that out i mean i'm the boomer of the group but like and i still don't really freaking know how to use it so it's like you know you can't imagine you know if you're in 50 60 70 years old trying to like you know operate this new epa ecc system i that is that's a totally valid thing it will get worse overcrowding is already Mm -hmm. an issue they're gonna have to make they're gonna have to have more which is casting that's like Something the casting directors are going to have. They're going to have to have more EPAs and ECCs, I think, when casting directors are going to have to, you know, agree to that. Producers are going to have to agree mm-hmm. to that. Um, so I think that, that like, that's kind of like all will be revealed in the next couple of years because there have not been any in person auditions right. know, in, in a year and a half. Right. so So we'll see. Um, this is a question his next question here about non-ec tours and theaters Um, he says do you think that non-ec theaters and tours are going to change or improve their policies to keep actors from joining equity and leaving their non-ec gigs limiting yourself to equity work cuts out a lot of opportunity but the current state of non-ec pay and conditions is often not sustainable I this is something that I've wondered like I remember in college Dan when we learned about um, like George M. Cohen was like you know v- sort of famously very anti-human. providence's
1: finest <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah me and yeah. george m cohan grew up on the same street <laughs> go red sox <laughs> you're the worst <laughs> why'd you want to play college hockey because the girls yeah. Um,
0: yeah. um miracle so, on ice the musical honestly let's let's wrap we just watched that me and uh, you and ryan mccarton I'm too, I'm too, we're both too old. No. To play, to play, to play, to, to play 21 year olds playing hockey. Look at this face. Okay, well listen, I'm going to hang don't up Don't look call. at my face. Okay, great. <laughs> don't look at my face. Okay. Um. Okay, so but this is, this is a question that I have and this is the sort of like anti-union argument, you know, the Amazon argument, which is just like, we treat our, you know, we quote, treat our, our employees really well and incentivize them to not join unions. Um, and so I wonder. I just wonder. I mean, like George M. Cohen did was was anti actors' equity um, back in the day. Paid his paid his people. He was like you know producer, writer, star, all the things, and paid his people really really well. And
1: or so he said, or whatever. He paid and them so I'm fine, lo- but he basically didn't. He didn't give them any um, breaks. Like they were working yeah. all day, every day, and he's like, "Well, they love it, and they're happy here." Like. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. So I just wonder, like, if someplace like I don't know, pick your theater. That like somewhere really famous. It have to be somewhere really famous. Like the Muni says, we're not. We're only doing non-union shows. But if you want to come here, we're gonna pay you. Well, you know, it's five thousand dollars a week. Yeah, I mean, I and, saw. You know,
1: I saw um one of the. Non equity national tours that's going out. I I believe it's a I, I I won't even quote what show it's from because I don't know if I'm supposed to know this information, but uh they're paying like twelve hundred dollars a week. Mm. Plus uh whatever there was like some per diem. It was like a forty dollar a day per diem. That's well, significantly <laughs> more money than we made on American Idiot, which was yeah. almost it was almost 10 years ago. Oh my god. It was eight years ago or something. So I guess like yeah, exactly. that might and be chasing. Play, and you can play a college hockey player. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you know there there's an argument to be made there because the producers can save. There's no. a lot of headaches that can be saved by work being non-union. It's why it happens. I mean, you know what? But, I just I had this flash.
0: You know what's going to really like if blow this this up if if we had like a Medicare for all universal health care system in this country that was truly like sustainable for all people like, you know, Canada or the United mm-hmm. Kingdom. I wonder how strong actors equity would actually be.
1: That's exactly it.
0: I think that a lot of people join it just because they're like, Oh my God, I need, I need my, I get my health insurance through my union. So what happens if like, if
1: I can get my health care elsewhere, I think a lot of people are going to quit going to do jobs that they don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, I have had this experience so many times with like sad, older actors who are out in some place doing a show they don't want to do because they need the insurance weeks. Right. 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 And you wouldn't see that as much. So yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Um, But yeah, I I don't, the thing about like uh, something being non-union is that, No, why would the conditions or pay get any better? Because that's the whole thing. I got a question for you. If Now with
0: this new plan, would you have done anything differently? You're coming out of college right now.
1: You're coming out of college in 2021. Yes, I would have. What would you do differently? I would have joined immediately. And I think it would have been the wrong decision. Because at the time, I was uh, watching classmates, like, booking Broadway shows. My best friend was in getting ready to do his second Broadway show, and I was itching, and I was, I was catering, and I was like, this is BS. I want to get seen, and I want to get a job. But I wasn't yeah. ready. And I look back now and realize that, yes, to an extent, I was ready. My agent ended up having to fight for me to get the contract, but that's a, that's a long longer story. The access to auditions stuff does change the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Matt's next question was, when you joined the union, did you feel a difference between being non-union or being union? And the answer is no. The only thing that changed is that you're able to go into those open auditions. Yeah. Where when did you have were non union, yeah. I had to sit in a basically we sat like in a closet at the old union building or they didn't let you in. Right. You had to right. sit in a non-union area and then they yeah. would come get you if you were given the privilege to perform that day for that audition right. or
0: whatever. Right. Right. And that's, that's brutal. the only
1: difference. I, I somebody said this to me once that it,
0: it's the difference between like for For guys like us, like you, for example, this was used as an example to me back in the day. It was like, once you take your equity card, once you join the union, now you are competing for roles against Aaron Tveit. Yes. And you're both going to go in and you're both going to do your thing. So if you feel like you can compete at that level, go for it. If you feel like you might need a little bit of time, then maybe wait. And that, like, that leap, I felt that leap. I felt like all of a sudden, now I'm going in for things, and Jeremy Jordan's walking out as I walk in mm-hmm. a couple times. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, fucking uh, ki- kill me. Like, yeah, I can't, right. I like, I, you know, hearing the guy sing before you, right. and you and it's like you just want to you want to throw yourself off a bridge so (laughs) that that is still true and i think that that will still be true because i think that producers will still try to send out non-equity tours and they'll still try to do there will still be non-union work all over the place but there will be that thing where it's like okay if you want to like you know you want to play in the major leagues like be ready right
1: you know. So Matt says, uh, do you think it's smart for a non-act actor to jump in and join union at, at now that they can, or should they wait, or is it a case-by-case situation? And I think, it, kind of leading off of what you were just saying, it's totally a yeah. case-by-case situation. I don't yeah. think it's cut and dry, and I, I, I think that if you don't have a portfolio of work and a, a portfolio of a, a, a network of, of people that know your work. Yeah. Then the joining the union thing is dicey because it does limit the amount of work that you can take in other markets that aren't New York.
0: Right. Right. Um, Cause when you talk about like, I just keep thinking about all of the people you met and all of the connections that you had off of that non-equity American idiot tour. Oh my God. That, now, half of the guests of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, things would, would have worked out and it would have been different Like yeah. as opposed to going on that tour. Like, your life would have just gone in a different direction and, you know, you, you know on the long road to the middle. Right. Like, but I think that it's really, like, almost everybody that, I've, that I ever talked to about that first, some of those early non-equity jobs, the jobs in college, yep. the jobs right out of college, gaining those, like, it can be invaluable. So, I think that I would wait until the dust settles because I want to see what happens with tours and I want to see how theaters respond. Like, what is. Because now, if you wait to get your equity card, you may be like one of the people, you may be one of the best non union people that's chilling. Mm -hmm. You know, if everybody just jumps in right now and, you know, you may have a great opportunity to take out the second or third national tour of something that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'd wait. I, I would just wait and see how the, like, see what happens with all this stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, especially since there aren't any in-person auditions to do EPAs and ECCs for anyway. Right. Just kind of wait and see what yeah. happens. I think it's going to be, it could be and, and is possibly very great for a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. um, I certainly think that removing archaic barriers of entry is something that I am for. I just also think that there are ramifications to joining the union that you have to be aware of. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I've, I've seen now on the internet a few times, like EMC members who are older than us, who still aren't Mm -hmm. in the union, who are now like, okay, so now what do I do? And I don't know the right answer for those people but right. if you're just out of school and wondering what to do i think that is yeah. more of like a you need to really think about that because yeah um
0: yeah it's a big decision and i think on a macro out. thing i just wanted to to point out something that alex and i were talking about earlier sort of like this this has the potential to do a lot of to do, to be a huge it's a huge deal but the stories that are being told need to change the, we had all of like the access, people need access to the theater. The people that make decisions need to change. The systemic nature of why marginalized communities have not been able to gain access to the union, that needs to change. And that happens with producers, that happens with writers, that happens with, you know, sort of, I don't want to say from the top down because, you know, trickle-down economics doesn't work. But the idea that... that stories the stories need to change if the stories change then the people who are in them change then the the membership's going to change almost naturally and it's going to be more accessible and more equitable naturally right, right now so like what is the producers league doing what are the, what's the casting society of america doing like what are the changes that they're making to have there be more stories that are told mm-hmm. because now you're just giving more access to the same stories. You're just giving right. more access to the South Pacific's right. and the Brigadoons Right. and shit. And it's like, okay, well, that's not going to do anything, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I, mean?
1: I totally know what you're saying. because um, the opportunities,
0: like, what shows are they doing? Yeah, these people right. are these people. What the, you know, they're joining the, the union to, you know, to go to be able to have access to do dream girls once every five years the way like you know what i'm saying like those communities like a
1: lot of the theaters have really opened up some of their uh but but you see what i mean where it's like i totally know what you're saying you know
0: where it's like it's like that's why like the 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 quote that i used at the top of the show was like yeah our friend who was uh, was brilliant never saw there were never roles for her in those shows from a traditional standpoint you know now. Oh, okay. Well, now like we're opening up the storytelling, and that's good. But those stories need to change, right? And that's just, that's systemic. That's where it's like. Anyway, okay. Rant over. But I'm with you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm with you. I think it's yeah. a really interesting moment. Um, when I read, I was on the golf course. I've I've played a lot of golf. In the last two weeks, and when um, when when Julie's away, Dan (laughs) Dan plays golf, spending every (laughs) single dime he
0: has, (laughs) every dime he has, and a lot of dimes he doesn't have playing golf.
1: (laughs) Um, I I saw this graphic from the union that said you know open access, and I was hoping it was open access for health insurance. Mm. When I saw open access, I was like, oh, because I don't know anything about you know health insurance pools or medical system is incredibly complicated even for people who work in it to explain or understand.
0: I actually, I actually really understand it. Let me take you through the medical Jesus system. Christ. Step aside. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when I saw that... I learned, I,
0: was... I learned what a deductible was like two weeks ago. Oh,
1: Jesus. <laughs> um, because what I've always hoped is that any person in Actors' Equity would be able to buy into the health insurance plan even if it right. meant it costing, you know, it's actually a very affordable health insurance plan and it's very good insurance, but they take a lot of our money while we're working. But when you're not working and you still have your health insurance, it's really nice because it's very affordable. But I'm thinking like, well, can we, can we figure out a way if we build the membership out like this might do for everybody to then be able to buy into some kind of collective pool for health insurance and make that not about how much you work? Because like, so you're Alex Fink and yep. you're, you're uh, coming out of the pandemic or you're in any time, right? And you decide to have a baby Mm-hmm. and then you have a baby. That's nine months. There's a certain amount of time that you can't work while you're pregnant. But then there's also probably time that you don't want to work after you're pregnant. And then what you mm-hmm. lose your health insurance. Yeah. 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 When I try, when I explain that to people, they're like, what? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you have to right. you have to book a Broadway show and then decide to have a baby and then like with a certain amount of time left in the show because you have to make sure that you get the insurance for a year and then you have to hope that they'll either take you back at the end, right? Or you have and, to run right back to work with a two month old baby. It's like what? Yeah. And that kid is basically
0: covered almost through Cobra. Like the kid, it's like thirteen thousand dollars, 15000
1: dollars a year. To cover a child, yes, there's no such the thing as like a dependent. Dependents are absolute disgrace. There is no yeah, dependent. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, have option. I taught? I told this story on on this podcast about asking the former president of of Actors Equity about this when we were seniors in college. I'll just I'll, I'll tell this. Re- Alan Eisenberg. This very, very quickly, senior year of college, he, the former president of Equity, Alan Eisenberg, came to Michigan to do a Q and A, and everybody's asking questions, whatever. And I was like, so what's the uh, talk us through the health plan or whatever. You know, can you? T- you know, how do we sign up for healthcare or whatever? And I was like, well, what do you do for families? Like, what? How do you? How how are families covered through Actors Equity? And he said, and I quote, "We don't do that." That was it. And I was like, you don't. He said, we don't have an option for that. Individuals are covered, families are not. And I was like, and I was like, cool, 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 cool. I guess I'll deal with that when i'm 31 <laughs> it's insane it's completely insane so like there's so many issues around this organization and what we do and the theater and blah 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 that like i'm just like maybe this will be the answer to some of the healthcare problems if there are more people cuz you're going to assume more people paying dues yeah more people paying into a healthcare system, more people, like more young people joining we'll more. Keep, yeah.
1: Cause the health insurance yep. costs for the actual fund for, for young people. It's like, we don't go to the doctor yeah. as much, It'd be like less yeah. expensive.
0: Yeah. Well, this was this has been a fascinating this has been like watching paint dry. Probably listening to paint dry, talking about the intricacies if of the If you're one of the uh, 5 Union people Health, who found this valuable, to, send yeah, us a yeah, DM. S- please God send us a DM. The best <laughs> it, we'll end this right now, but Dan, but he Matt had one more question that I do think is really important. Um, and uh, he asked um, if who would win in a fight Joe dressed up as Captain America or Dan dressed up as Han Solo? So I think the answer is obvious. It's, it's got to be. I got the shield. I mean, what do you talking? Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, my God. Like, no, I actually, no. like, it I'm a super soldier. Who I'm a dressed super soldier. Dan yes. wins the fight. Here's, <laughs> nope, he here's why.
1: Here. <laughs> Joe had a sissy. That's all the time we Joe have today. Joe <laughs> is a sissy. Okay. Dan grew up with brothers. Dan has had too many concussions from getting in fights already. And Joe just is too much of a nice guy, right? We've already decided that Dan is the potential serial killer on this show, so yes. he yes, would we win have. the fight.
0: That's fine. That's fine. doesn't
1: matter who I'm dressed up as.
0: Well, listen, if we did get in this fight, the good news is we couldn't go to the hospital afterwards. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to guys who like musicals. We are now part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Woo! We are hosted by Dan Tracy. That's you. And Joe Carroll. That's me. We're produced by Ryan Kincaid and Matthew Mucha is the social content manager. You can find
0: us on Instagram at Guys Who Like Musicals on Twitter at musicalguys, or the old-fashioned way at
1: www.guyswholikemusicals.com. If you'd like a chance to be featured on the Ask the Guys segment of our show, please call 203-900-7990 and leave a message with your question.